Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Happy Groundhog Day. Today is February 2nd, 2017. Hopefully, winter is nearing its end for you wherever you are listening as Puxatani Phil saw his shadow, didn't see his shadow. I, I forget what, what the deal is with that. Uh, I am not Puxatani Phil. My name is Phil Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we have a busy show for you in store once again as we recap the Orlando Magic's loss to the Indiana Pacers and talk about Evan Fournier's triumphant, or not so triumphant perhaps, return to the lineup. We'll, we'll chat about those issues coming up on today's show. Before we get going, though, I do want to remind you that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you want to download your podcast, your podcast-enabled list, listening device if you have not done so already. You can also follow the podcast on iTunes, or not on iTunes, but you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as give us a like on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Be sure to get Locked On Magic wherever you choose to find it. You know, pretty much anywhere you want to find it, you can find it uh, uh, now. Uh, so, so be sure to follow us there to get the latest on the Magic. Uh, and of course, you can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. I got those out of the way early. I'm not gonna not gonna bore you with those at the end when you're like uh, like okay, come on, Phil, get on with it, get on with it, get on with it. That's probably what you're saying right now. So let's dive right into Wednesday's loss to the Indiana Pacers. February starts off the same way January seemed to end and the same way January generally seemed to go. Maybe if you're the optimist, and, and I'm, I like to think I'm an optimist, maybe I'm not, but if you're the optimist or if you're the tanker, you're probably saying, okay, you know, the Magic did some good things. They continue to play with a little bit better, more consistent energy. Um, defense is coming around-ish again. This was uh, not a bad defensive game at all. Uh, and, and the Magic did some good things, gave themselves a chance to win. Clearly a flawed team, but gave themselves a chance to win. Frankly, that's not the way I want to talk about this team because uh, while this team is playing its veterans, they should have enough to win, win it. You know, they should have enough to win games like this and they shouldn't have to worry about energy consistency. That's something we'll talk about in just a little bit. But the Magic fell behind pretty quickly early in this game. They led 2 nothing. That was their only lead of the game. Uh, the Magic struggled to just keep pace with the Indiana Pacers. Eventually, uh, Indiana kind of settled in. They were up by maybe 11-12 for a good chunk of the game, and the Magic would cut it down to 6 or 7, and then the Magic would get a stop. They wouldn't be able to follow that up with a basket, and then Indiana would go back up 7-11. 7 or 11 points, something like that. Um, and it just felt like that was the push and pull of this game. Uh, Orlando would be in it. It wasn't like they were out of this game. They 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 would always make a little bit of a push to, to threaten the lead, but they would never get it down to single digits and really make Indiana sweat. And Indiana eventually just made the plays at the end of the game. And it wasn't Paul George. Magic did a good job on Paul George. It was role players like C.J. Miles, 
did, he CJ Miles had a really great play. He uh, at the end of the game, the Magic were down by five. Uh, he comes around a screen, hits a three over the top, eight point game with about two minutes to go. Game set and match. The Magic just did not have another push in them to get to the lead. If they get a stop there, get a bucket. Now we're talking about something. Instead, they give up the three points, and it's an eight-point deficit once again. That was again like the game. I was kind of what the game was all year, or not all year, but all game. It was for the forty-eight minutes. It just felt like Indiana had control over the game, uh, and Orlando couldn't get back into it. Orlando couldn't get themselves into it. And, you know, I I think you put the... I mean, it's not like Indiana didn't deserve to win and Indiana played a, a, a solid game. Orlando just could not get out of their own way. It was just, again, every time it seemed like Orlando needed a big shot, they could not find it. They got plenty of good looks. It wasn't like the offense didn't work perfectly well. I think early on they struggled. They didn't pass the ball very well and they, they relied a little too much on one-on-one basketball. But they got to moving the ball, and they got good looks and just couldn't get them to fall. Orlando shot 40% in the game, 6 for 24 from beyond the arc. I mean, this is not a team that just hoists three-pointers. Sometimes they do, but this is not a game where they hoisted three-pointers. They took generally good looks and could not get them to fall. Aaron Gordon missed all four of his attempts. Serge Ibaka was 2 for 7. Uh, Evan Fournier, 2 for 5. Peyton missed his only attempt. Uh, Those are typically reliable three-point shooters that the Magic just could not get baskets from in general. Uh, that is a difficult thing for the Magic right now. I mean, they, they've got to be able to make shots, and that's always been a little bit of a struggle. And so if they're getting good looks, if they're moving the ball, they've got to make those shots. I mean, I think the the the, the I'll talk a little bit about this play uh, in a little bit, but the play that really encapsulated the game to me was early in the fourth quarter. Magic got a steal. C.J. Watson literally dove into the stands to to save the ball got it into the got it into DJ Augustin Augustin was able to to get himself an open 3 and he missed it that was a lot of the magic's offense and a lot of the momentum killing plays that the magic suffered through in this game and that's ultimately why they lose they could not make those little plays that they needed to make to 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 get over the hump and that's how you end up with the loss, a 98-88 loss to the Indiana Pacers. Again, Magic did everything they could. Second straight game, they held an opponent to less than 100 points in regulation. Yeah, I'm fudge- I'm kind of fudging it there. I'm not really, though. Um, but the Magic played better defense. Obviously not perfect. I think it was a 104 defensive rating for the game. Uh, better than their season average, but not a great number. Uh, and Orlando gave themselves a chance to win it. But they were always fighting an uphill battle, and that's the part that really needs to change for this team is they need to stop fighting those uphill battles uh, and and be in the game throughout. throughout. Running through the stats real fast, Serge Ibaka leads the way with 20 points, 6 for 16 shooting, 2 for 7 from beyond the arc, 6 for 6 from the line. Orlando did a really good job getting the line. 20 for 28, they had 20 free throws in the fourth quarter. Missed some free throws, but uh, shooting 20 for 28 is not going to kill you uh, in the long run. Um, had some guys maybe that that usually don't miss free throws, miss some free throws. Nikola Vucevic, three for six. But overall, I'm not going to complain too much about them getting to the line. They got to the line, something they haven't done very much this year. Um, helped them stay in and get in, get back into this game, especially in that third and fourth quarter when it felt like Indiana could run away with it. And, and it did for a while that Indiana could run away with this thing. 
Nikola Vucevic, 15 points, 6 for 15 shooting, 15 rebounds. Really good job on the glass by Nikola Vucevic. He's really asserting himself on the glass a lot better of late. Shots are still kind of not falling for him, but he's, I think, I mean, he'll come around uh, as well. Um, Really an anchor offensively for the Magic uh, and did a good job uh, on both ends, in in my opinion, as well. Um, Evan Fournier, 12 points, 2 for 8 shooting. I'll talk about Fournier. Uh, in a little bit, and Alfred Payton, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists on 5 for 10 shooting to lead the Magic. This was, again, a game that was full of frustration, uh, was a game that, that the Magic very much felt they could win, uh, and a game where they simply didn't execute at the end like they need to. Yeah, it's just it's been one of those years where, you know, uh, just one or two things, we don't have a bit a large margin for error, and you know, sometimes it's turnovers, sometimes it's poor defense, sometimes it's, uh, you know, moving to basketball and getting a lot of, a lot of good looks that they weren't able to knock down. I thought our best offensive possessions ended up with an, with an open shot miss. That's not to say we, we were great offensively all night, but um, you got to capitalize on, on the good possessions. We weren't able to, and um, it's just the game of basketball sometimes. That was Magic coach Frank Vogel, and, and I think he – Brings up an interesting point there, uh, something that he said about this Magic team, that the Magic have a very small margin for error. I think that's something uh, we certainly sensed at the beginning of the year. I mean, I think we all, uh, when we when we looked at this team, said the bet is clearly be good on the defensive end and have that either support your offense by creating transition opportunities or make it easier for the offense so that they don't have to score a lot of points. And and obviously things have not worked out that way, but the Magic are a team that relies very much on each other. They don't have that one dominant score. And so they have a very small margin for error. These teams do. You look at a team like Charlotte right now. They're struggling with the very same issues, the Ma- or with a lot of the same issues the Magic are struggling with right now. Maybe they started off at a better place, but um, it's it's things like that uh, that the Magic have to work through. And... What struck me in Wednesday's game was that the Magic not only need energy, which has been a, a, a talking point throughout the year, they need execution. They need to take advantage of the opportunities when they come because it's still very tough for them to win a game wire-to-wire or to uh, win a game or to, 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 to beat teams late in games. I mean, they're about 500 in late-game situations, and this one I don't think counts necessarily. Uh, but you look at how the Magic played in that first half on Wednesday. When they got down, when they dug themselves a little bit of a hole, a lot of it was because they weren't moving the ball. The ball was stuck on one side, they were... Uh, trying to to drive and dribble too much, and they weren't moving the basketball. And defensively, they were a little passive. They weren't physical, something that they talked a lot about entering the game, saying we need to be physical with these guys. They beat us physically in the last two games, uh, and that's why we weren't able to stay in it. And it looked like the Magic were falling back into that trap early in the game. And they brought some energy back up. In the second half, they obviously attacked and got to the foul line. Um, there was a little bit of a better piece of ball movement. The Magic did the things that they need to do to win games, energy-wise. 
And Vogel said after the game, you know, he thought the team's energy was okay. Uh, Indiana tends to play a slower-paced game, which is maybe why that holding a team to less than 100 points stat is a little misleading. Um, they tend to play a little bit of a slower game, and, and Vogel described it as kind of lulling you to sleep a little bit. And, and the Pacers do a certain amount of that. They, they, they are very deliberate with their offense. Um, they're not a team that's going to take a quick shot. They'll they'll work through their set and get the best shot that they can get, and that's one of the reasons they're successful. As you know, in addition to having Paul George, who I should have mentioned earlier, only eight points, three for fourteen shooting on the night, a good effort from the Magic defense to hold down Paul George after he'd averaged about thirty three points per game in the last three games. So the Magic have to have that energy part, and. Energy is, again, something intangible. You kind of know it when you see it. You can tell when a team is playing with, with some fire and intensity behind it. Um, it it's not about effort. I, I don't want to confuse it with that because I would say the first quarter when the Magic fell behind, they were contesting shots. They were playing with some effort, but not kind of the right directed effort and energy that a team needs. You need to get up into people defensively. You need to be physical defensively. You need to move the ball. You need to pay attention to kind of those details that are necessary for the Magic's success. And the Magic haven't always done that. And that's why the Magic are where they're at. That's why the Magic are 19 and 32 instead of 32 and 19, which many, which certainly a lot of the Magic staffers thought they'd be flirting with 30 wins by this point of the season. But that energy part doesn't matter without the execution. You've got to be able to make the shots. Not only make the shots, you got to be able to get the good shots and make them. And obviously, it's not always easy. I, I, I started covering the team uh, during Stan Van Gundy's uh, tenure. And Stan was always big on saying it's a make-or-miss league. He's, he's someone that believes it's a make-or-miss league. You work to get a good shot, and if you miss that good shot, so be it. Do it again. You'll eventually make it. The numbers will eventually even out. And that's fine. If you lose a game just because you miss shots, that's fine. You can live with that as a coach. To a certain extent, you can live with that as a player. As long as you're getting good shots and doing the right things. This is, this is that whole process over results issue. But with the, how the Magic are at, with where the Magic are at in the standings, they've given up their margin for error. What little margin for error they had, they gave up. Because of their poor energy efforts against a team like the Indiana Pacers earlier in the season, twice. Because they can't rely on playing with intensity and sticking to to the game plan every single night. That's They've given up their margin for error. And when you give up your margin for error like that, you have to execute and produce the results to make up that ground. And so, if you're asking me why was Monday disappointing, because the Magic... Played a good game Monday, by all accounts, against a team that, frankly, is probably equal to them. At least they are in the standings right now. Then it just come, came down to making or missing shots. You can live with that. If you've got a base to, to stand on. The Magic don't have that base. And so Monday hurt. And it hurt a lot. And Wednesday now hurts. And it should hurt. It should be disappointing. 
Because when the Magic have these opportunities to pick up wins, especially against teams that are better than them, and there's a lot of them at this point, when the Magic have these opportunities to pick up wins, they've got to take them. Because right now Orlando needs momentum. And, and this may be something I talk about tomorrow on tomorrow's show. But the Magic can barely get a win clean the way they want to get them. And they certainly haven't been able to build the momentum of a win streak to get a second win in a row, not since December. Overall, the last three games, the Magic have played better. There are signs of progress. But until this team does decide to tank, and and that's not going to happen until you see Mario Azonia playing 25 minutes a game, progress isn't good enough. They need wins. They need results. And to do that, the energy can't come in a random play in the fourth quarter. The energy can't come out of the urgency of being down. That energy's got to come from the tip. And with that energy, the Magic got to, they've got to make shots. And they've got to execute. And they've got to give themselves every opportunity to win these games. The Magic robbed themselves of that opportunity Wednesday night. Because of their poor start. Because they could have won Wednesday's game. They certainly proved that with how they played the rest of the game. The the final three quarters or so. It was a mix of their poor start and their inability to make the big shot when they needed to make it. Perhaps they are turning something of a corner. But until we see the results, it's hard to say that definitively. The good news for the Magic, though, is they are getting a big piece, and it's still certainly a piece that they're working back into the lineup, into the rotation, and that is Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier, of course, missed eight games uh, with a heel injury that's been nagging him since the end of December. Um, He he came back from it initially, played three or four games, and clearly wasn't wasn't working. He clearly was still in pain and, and, and struggling to move out there, and so the Magic decided to bring him back to the bench, back to the injured list, uh, and let him heal until he was 100%. He's 100% now, was back in the starting lineup on Wednesday, uh, and Fournier still feels like he's getting his legs under him. Um, Monday, he really struggled, First missed his first five shots, You know, looked like he was rusty, uh, and felt looked like he got a little bit more comfortable as the game went on. The Magic didn't really rely on him a lot. Magic put him back in the for- starting lineup on Wednesday, and it still looks like he's figuring some things out and getting his legs back under. Maybe it it certainly didn't help that Paul George was guarding him, and they treated Fournier like he is the team's best perimeter option because, frankly, he probably still is. So Paul George guarding him made made his life very difficult, Uh, and Evan Fournier certainly played it. I I think he did a good job not overdoing his shots, 3-for-8 from the floor, 2-for-5 from beyond the arc, but 4 turnovers. uh, That's been an unfortunate hallmark of Fournier's game this season. Uh, as his usage has gone up, as he's been relied on more to drive and attack, uh, he has uh, turned the ball over a little bit more. He's made some bad decisions. He's uh, kind of had some of those issues of of trying to maybe step up in a role that he isn't quite prepared for, perhaps. Um, that's still kind of a, uh, a developing thing with Fournier. Uh, and, of course, the team's spacing is really bad, so he hasn't getting the same quality of looks that he was getting last year. 
from beyond the arc. Fournier seemed a little reluctant to shoot. I'll 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 say that much too. Um, he was kind of picking his spots to attack, uh, and still kind of getting himself into the flow of things. And I think that'll continue to get better as the season moves on. But uh, as he conti- as he gets back fully, uh, but clearly, uh, clearly Fournier is still working himself in. The good news is it is good to have Evan Fournier back. I think he does have uh, an intangible effect. Because if you look at his statistics, uh, you know, defensively, he's probably weakest defensively um, uh, as far as an individual defender. But the Magic do play better with Evan Fournier out there defensively. It's very similar to, uh, I remember writing the Tobias Harris conundrum where we all kind of agreed Tobias Harris was not a good defender. But the Magic played better defensively with him on the floor for for whatever reason. Um, Fournier's kind of taken up that role now. He's the Magic are a better defensive team with Evan Fournier on the floor and a worse offensive team with Fournier on the floor. And some of that might be because Fournier does take things into his own hands, takes the ball out of Alfred Payton's hands, perhaps as a, as a creator and playmaker. Um, it, I think it's good to have a second playmaker out there, and Fournier is still figuring out how to do that. Um, Maybe it's too late in the season to be saying that, uh, especially with the team trying to get wins. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. That's 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 maybe another another discussion to to look into. For now, it does seem like it does feel like it's a good thing to have Fournier. The, the more weapons you have, the better. Especially this team that needs shooters. Losing Jody Meeks hurt this team a lot. He is the best shooter on the team. Uh, teams respect his shooting ability. Fournier is much the same way. Uh, Fournier being on the floor. Teams have to respect his shooting ability. They have to respect his ability to drive off of rotations uh, and make sure they're closing out successfully. And that's going to create more space for a guy like Nikola Vucevic or Serge Ibaka. Um, It's going to allow Ibaka to go maybe a little bit further into the paint and post up a little bit more because they won't need the spacing that he provided for the last few weeks. Uh, and, And so having Fournier back... You know, Fournier's had a weird statistical season. Um, he certainly had to adjust to, to, to a new role uh, as well as to new teammates. But um, this is still, it's still a good thing to have him back on the floor. And, and the effects, I think, are going to become evident. They're not there yet, obviously. And I think uh, Fournier is still working off some rust and getting himself back into game shape, so to speak. Uh, he played a little bit less than 30 minutes in Wednesday's game. I think he'll continue to improve as he gets back, obviously get back to his 17, about 17 points per game uh, and be another offensive option that the Magic need to have. There's no doubt they don't have a lot of offensive options. And so getting one back is a benefit to this team. We'll see how it works out, of course. Um, this team is still this team, uh, but Evan Fournier, it's good to have him back. It's good to good to have the option, to ha- option that, that he brings. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, this this team is kind of in flux as it is. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the podcast today. The Orlando Magic again fall to the Indiana Pacers at the Amway Center, ninety-eight to eighty-eight. A disappointing game, just because of the way things unfolded and and the poor execution at the end. Uh, but the Magic do seem to be trending in a good direction, and we'll see what they do Friday against the Toronto Raptors, a team that they beat just a week ago. So another uh, a potential opportunity for when the Raptors blew a big lead at at Boston against the Celtics. Uh, and so uh, they're going to be hurting a little bit maybe 
uh, looking for a win as well. And so this will be a uh, a good test again against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, don't know if they'll have DeMar DeRozan for that game, uh, but obviously uh, Toronto is still very, very dangerous and, and capable of doing a lot of things. We'll preview that on tomorrow's episode. I'm also hoping to do a mini mailbag on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, so be sure to send your questions to me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can use the hashtag Locked on Magic as well to submit your questions. You can always contact the show as well on uh, by email if you have any comments or questions that you want answered on the podcast. Uh, you know, any, any, any inquiries you have for the show, including business opportunities and advertising opportunities, send them my way. Uh, my email address is omagicdaily at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow the show on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn. That's how you subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow it on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And I'm on Twitter at omagicdaily. I said I wasn't going to drag that out, but I did. I'm sorry. Um, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.